Welcome to another exciting podcast series produced by the CoLab Studios. As you know, the name of this series is Soul Objectives. Through the next few episodes, we will be focusing on people with interesting stories and how their paths have unfolded. We'll talk a little business, a little personal, and how they meld together. Thank you for the gift of your time, and I hope you get something meaningful out of each podcast in this series. Hello and welcome to this episode of the CoLab podcast from our studios in Clearwater, Florida. I'm Executive Director Christina Baker, and I'm super excited to share our newest guest with you, so let's jump on in. Today we're chatting with, and I I have this knack for picking guests with like really hard last names. Complicated last names, So yeah. I don't even think that I've spoken your last name out loud, so I'm going to give it a try and hopefully okay. not hack it up too bad. But Fair you, enough. You can correct me. First name's easy, Elena. Yes. My favorite hurricane. Memories from, <laughs> from childhood. Everybody's got those I memories, know, right? right? All right. Capitaneus. Perfect. What? Perfect. Oh, man. It's just going to be a good one yeah. right off the bat. Right off the bat. <laughs> So Elena is a fellow uh, serial entrepreneur and currently a real estate agent with Charles Ruttenberg Realty. So welcome, Elena. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to clarify, you are is it commercial realty only or is it everything? Um, it's actually everything. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of residential real estate lately. And then kind of like on the side, since a lot of people know me from the business world, um, you know, I'll sell businesses. I really enjoy selling businesses and um, and any commercial property, really. So I do it all and have really been kind of sticking with residential some for some reason um, yeah. a lot these past few months. So. Okay. And I mean, the the market was super crazy, but right now we're in uh, the what end of February of 2023. Has it? Have you seen a slowdown? Actually, that's a great question because I was expecting a slowdown, mm -hmm. and we kind of um, watched the market do a little funny thing in like December, in January, and we thought the new year was going to bring like a big shift. And it actually hasn't been that way at all. I think people just got a little nervous at the end of the year to see what happened with interest rates. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of stuck in the sixes and people are still willing to buy. Um, so the market's pretty hot, especially in this area. I think Florida is a little bubble of its own. Yeah. And then Pinellas County in itself is just a hot market right now. So um, we're seeing properties, multiple offer situations. Really? Um, Commercial and residential? I'm speaking here mostly about residential. Okay. Um, and there, there's, I've seen more listings of commercial come up, but resi residential, um, there's a lot of movement. So people putting in offers, um, properties may stay on the market a few more days than they did um, a right. few months ago, mm -hmm. but um, still popping. good though. activity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm happy about that. <laughs> believe me, not complaining for yeah. sure. So let's go back a little bit. Let's uh, talk about your background. Where were you born? Okay, so um, I was born um, out in Indian Rocks, Largo Hospital, out that way. Brought back home to Safety Harbor on Main Street where my the parents— The long journey back. Yes, the long <laughs> journey back. It's so funny because I'm always, like, born and raised in Safety Harbor, but I was actually yeah. not born in Safety Harbor. But, um, but yeah, my family owned a restaurant in downtown, and I grew up right on Main Street. Um, our Italian restaurant was on the bottom floor, and we lived on the top floor. Mm. And so um, I grew up— right downtown, very local, and um, have kind of 
drifted to different parts of Pinellas, like Dunedin, but um, actually I'm back in Safety Harbor now and absolutely love living yeah. there. <clears throat> Safety Harbor is a great area. It is. It's, what was the name of your parents' restaurant? It was Captain's Pizza, an Italian restaurant. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. So you grew up in the restaurant business, basically. Very much so. I mean, lived on top and worked downstairs. Yes. It was a very <laughs> unique childhood, I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, growing up in Pinellas County, kind of like in the countryside area, you know, I, kind of a little more of like an affluent mm -hmm. crowd and situation. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I knew I was Greek. We, we kind of had an immigrant family going on. Um, my mom more so like second and third generation. My dad was right off the boat from Greece. Wow. So definitely felt always a little different um, being that, you know, it was very Greek. Um, if you've ever watched The Big Fat Greek Wedding, that's <laughs> kind of my life. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. You know, we grew up in the apartment. Um, weekends came around, and a lot of people, that was kind of like their free time. For us, it was work. Um, you know, Friday night comes around, and everybody's yeah. ordering pizza and getting ready for the weekend. So we were working, and I think there was a lot of benefit to that as a young uh, kid growing up, we really uh, learned work ethic and how to be around people and how to communicate with people. Um, so I think that gave me a really good head start into life. It was, like I said, definitely different. I definitely wished we were the family that had the house with a pool and lived in a normal neighborhood, but um, it was very unique and I can uh, very much appreciate it now. Yeah. Did both of your parents work in the restaurant? They did. So my mom was actually a teacher up north in New York. And when she moved down here and met my dad, uh, she left her teaching career and worked with my dad in the restaurant. Mm. So um, and then they divorced when I was like in the fifth grade. So my mom went back to teaching um, and my dad continued on with the restaurant. So. Okay. And was it expected of you to work in the restaurant or was it like unspoken or was do you remember? That's a that actually that's a very interesting thing to reflect on. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was like you are turning this age and you must work. I think I always had the desire to make money, um, so I wanted to work um, and I wanted to kind of do everything and learn everything. And then it became kind of like, you know, my dad then expected me to be there because yeah. he depended on my help. Sure. And so and that's kind of when it turned into, okay, we need you here every Friday night, every Saturday night. Um, mm -hmm. but, and your siblings, tell me. So my sister's 12 years older. Mm -hmm. um, she told me, Elena, do not let dad teach you how to cook. And <laughs> so- Good advice. I, oh my gosh. For the longest time, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right. Why don't you want to learn? Um, but she's like, as soon as you learn, he'll have you doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, so she got married and moved off um, <laughs> when she was 18, smart woman. Yeah. And um, my brother and I are 11 months apart. So Whoa. yeah, my brother um, worked in the restaurant as well. Um, I don't think he had the same passion about it than I had, but he definitely worked for my dad kind of like on his terms. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, we were all very, very involved. And my sister did work um, while she was in high school. She went to Lakeside High and oh, yeah. worked there and kind of, you know, Got her feet wet with yeah. with hospitality for sure. So where did you go to high school then? Uh, I went to Countryside High, my brother and I. Okay. And then after high school, what'd you do? So um, after high school, I felt like I had a very clear plan. Um, I knew that I loved kids and um, my mom was a teacher and I kind of was exposed to that a little bit um, because of her job. And our high school had um, like a preschool that the high schoolers were able to kind of work in and see mm -hmm. if they like teaching. And um, so I went through 
those classes and really loved like the little cougar preschool. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, cool. I like kids. I like teaching. This is fun. Um, so when I graduated, I knew I was going to get my teaching degree. Um, it just made perfect sense. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was always in the back of my mind, kind of like my backup, my side plan. Like I need to get a degree in something. Right. Um, and that was very much expected from my mom. From a little kid, she always talked about us going to college, not really having the option of mm-hmm. not. Um, so. I graduated um, from high school, went to SPC, um, was going to be there two years, and then transfer out to USF to get my teaching degree. Um, but then SPC started their four-year program for yeah. teaching that very same time. So I just stayed That's there. perfect timing. Oh, it was great. And I really <laughs> feel like I got a great education there mm-hmm. um, and left SPC ready to teach um, maybe in my mind. But I don't <laughs> think my heart ever thought that that was going to be my final destination. Interesting. So, yeah. So you knew there was something else for you. Yeah, always. I always knew. I always, um, like in college, I would sketch my restaurants Mm -hmm. um, and my notebooks. Um, My dad kind of was very intentional in involving me in real estate and business. He kind of always talked to me as an adult. So I was always present in his deals and he would include me. So I- What a gift. Oh, it was a huge gift. Mm -hmm. Um, a huge gift. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of had that background knowledge and always wanted to um, kind of go the business route one day. Mm-hmm. I knew I would go that route one day. I just didn't know exactly how. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you start teaching. Yes. And? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I started teaching. Um, I started my first job at Dunedin Elementary. And uh, right out of uh, college, I had my little polo shirt on and my little skirt thinking this was going to be an easy, breezy <laughs> job. Wow, that was a big mistake. Um, it was the most challenging year of teaching I could have signed up for. Um, my principal said, Elena, this year of teaching, don't compare it to what a normal year is like. You have a lot of challenges um, with the behavior in, in your class and these kids. So, so what grade was that? It was actually kindergarten. Okay. And it was a handful. Ooh. So really prepared me. I uh, <laughs> learned a lot that year, cried a lot that year. Yeah. Um, I have the utmost respect for teachers who make a Absolutely. lifelong career of teaching. I mean, it is a job that I, as much grit and um, I feel like I'm a pretty tough cookie when it comes to work, mm-hmm. um, that is a job that is just beyond me. And uh Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's it's a gift. <laughs> yeah, absolutely a gift and utmost respect for all of our teachers out there. Um, okay, so how many years did you teach then? Yes, yeah, so I taught a total of three years there, um, one at the old Indian Elementary, um, and then we moved into the new school, and I taught two years there. And very quickly I realized, okay, um, I'm not happy. Like mm. I wake up and I'm not happy. I want to just get my days over and I cannot wait till Friday. Yeah. And I knew that wasn't right. It didn't feel right. Um, it felt like I was trying to just get through my days so I can get to the days that I enjoyed. And um, and so I knew very, very strongly that I needed to figure something else out. So what was that next step? So the next step was, um, I can just I visualize my parents' reaction. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I went to I went, went through college, yeah. and um, and after that, they're like, "You want to leave your profession to do what?" So <laughs> I knew that for business, I knew I wanted to open up a restaurant. I loved food. I grew up cooking. Um, you know, obviously at my parents' restaurant, I grew up cooking with my grandmother every week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I loved food. I watched the TV Food Network before it was even popular. Um, and so I knew it was going to revolve around food. But um, so I, but I didn't really have the formal training of the culinary arts. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was looking into culinary arts schools. Um, they were pretty expensive. Yeah. And um, I didn't feel like I needed to go that route. I wanted to kind of maybe just learn under a chef. Um, so I visited a few schools, kind of determined I didn't want to go that route, and um, took a job um, actually um, under a chef. And uh, he asked me for my culinary degree. I told him I didn't have one. I would work for whatever he wanted to pay me. Really didn't understand why I was leaving my teaching profession. And he hired me. So um, I left teaching, kind of put a leave of absence in. And I was very supported by my principal. And um, I think my mom was confused, but she's always been super supportive (laughs) of whatever I really wanted to do. Um, Both of my parents uh, were very supportive. Um, Whatever I wanted to do, they were just like, okay. I think they just believed in me. Like I had the passion to carry me. Well, I think you do. It's so evident in, you know, our first conversations is that passion and that drive. So I think really anything you put your mind to, you're going to do and people are going to get behind you and follow you in your endeavors. So it's exciting to watch. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. I I do. Um, Something that my dad actually always used to say growing up, um, whatever you put your mind to, you know, you can do. Um, And I think that kind of talk um, to a child, kind of letting them believe from a very early age, and both of my parents did that. Yeah. Like, you want to do this? Go ahead. Um, There was never, they never stopped me from any of my ideas. And so um, I think that was super valuable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the first restaurant that, so after you got out of working underneath someone, what was that next step like for you? Were you did you spend time like sketching and planning and all of that? Um, did you go out and get loans? Like how does that how does that work? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. So <laughs> that was a lot yeah. of questions. I yeah. guess. Right? No, no, no. That was great. So right, I did my three years in teaching. I got this this um, position under this chef, and I kind of really learned a lot of procedures of a kitchen that really helped me organization, cleanliness. Um, just the proper practices of of real chefs. And so um, I knew that was really important for me, but I also knew that that is not all it took to operate a restaurant because there's a lot of very passionate chefs that open restaurants, but uh, then what happens after that, the money part um, and the financing um, and the finances is the part that kind of goes sideways. So um, I knew I wanted to learn that. So I was actually looking for the most successful franchise at that time, and that ended up being Panera Bread. Um, they were um, just really successful at that time. And um, I applied for a management position there so I could understand the number side of things. Nice. Um, so I did that. Um, I did not enjoy that job at all. <laughs> Can <laughs> um, imagine. <laughs> I did not. Um, anything that's very structured for yeah. me um, where it, I can't be creative in, mm. I feel very stifled in. So I knew I just had to be there for a time and learn what I could. So it was my it was my self schooling, um, and when I left um, Panera Bread, um, that is kind of um, I opened a restaurant for a group of partners, um, and throughout all this time, right, I would try to open restaurants. I would always have a business plan. Um, I would always look for spaces. I had no money. Um, so how this was happening, I don't know. But I still <laughs> believed it would happen. Um, somehow, some way, I just was like, okay, well, I'll present this to um, this person that I know has, um, you know, 
as a business person and will invest in, you know, maybe a concept. Um, but I was shot down all throughout my 20s. And I don't blame anyone back then because if somebody came to me in their 20s with kind of like a random concept, I would have to push them to, you know, work harder and <laughs> kind of map it out even more. So that's what I did really throughout yeah. my whole 20s. I was just denied opportunity to have an investor or figure out how I was going to open a place. But I kept on getting training. I kept on um, developing business plans, um, thinking about concepts. And um, so anyways, I went back to teaching because I was tired did of the you? restaurant business. Yeah. Wow. I was exhausted. Wow. Um, after I opened a restaurant for this particular group of partners, the hours were crazy. And I was okay, like— Okay, hold on. Stop right there. Yeah. The group, explain that to me, a group of partners. Yeah. So there was this restaurant that I was sitting out in front of um, and trying to figure out how I could conjure up the money to rent this building in Dunedin, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, was, I really want to open up a restaurant here. But um, and then I saw a, a group of guys smoking cigars out on the patio. And I approached them and I was like, hey, guys, are you like the owners of this place or what? And they're like, oh, we just rented it. We're going to open up this restaurant. And I was like, no way. Half of my heart was broken because yeah. there was my opportunity. Um, but the other half was like, oh, great. Do you guys need someone to run it? And so um, they didn't have anyone to run it. They were just a group of guys that were cigar buddies. And so they hired me and I <laughs> planned out the concept and hired the staff and trained the staff and ordered all of the small wares and furniture. And, that is amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun. Do you mind sharing the name of that? or? Um, oh, no, not at all. Okay. So um, that was Cafe de Paz. It was okay. actually where the draft house was. Um, gotcha. Before it was the draft house. It wow. used to be a deli before that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I opened that for them and then um, left after about maybe a year in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it kind of – I left to do my own thing yeah. and they kind of um, – finished out the the concept there. So, but it was a fantastic place to open and we had a great grand opening and start to that business. Okay. And Thanks. I got to do it on somebody else's dime. Yeah. So right. that was Yeah, helpful. what an experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you wrap up that deal which sounds like the best gift of experience and you decide to go back into teaching. Yes. Um, that was a truly a wonderful experience. Um, I, like I said, got tired of the restaurant grind. I was like, let me give this teaching shot one more try. Maybe I'll teach older kids. Um, mm. All my like, time in the classroom was with elementary school. So I said, you know what? I'll do history. I'll do middle school. Maybe I'll like this better. So I did. I got my additional certification in middle school history and civics and taught middle school. And that was, I do not know what I was thinking um, (laughs) when I decided to do that. It was very challenging. Um, I, so I did that uh, for two or three years. And then um, actually at that point, my dad had passed. Um, I took care of him um, one-on-one every day for five years. And he ended up passing um, when I was teaching um, the second time around. And that was huge for me because it wasn't something I was expecting. And it really made me think about life like, okay, I don't want to continue going to a job that I dread every day. And then I'm looking forward to the weekends again (laughs) because all those days, those five days, um, you can't just try to ignore five to get to two, right? So I said something has to change. So I decided that I was going to get my uh, real estate license. Um, My dad always had a passion for real estate. Mm -hmm. And 
kind of followed his footsteps in that. So I got my license and I left teaching and started selling real estate. Um, so how old were you at that point? At that point. Your dad um, passed. I'm going to say I'm like 29 or 30. Okay. So you've yeah. done I, I'm about a lot. 30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've accomplished a lot already. So I had a whole decade of <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I get bored easily too, mm-hmm. Christina. So yeah. I think part of my bouncing around is I just get bored. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, ooh, okay, let me try this. Um, okay, this isn't really filling everything up that I need to feel filled in. So yeah. I'm going to try something else. Are and you I, kind with yourself about that? Yes, I think so. I mean, a lot of people just like smile and laugh or like, okay, so what are you doing now, Lena? It's like the joke, you know? And uh, I don't take that offensive. I just, I know people tell me at least that a lot of people, I guess, aren't quote unquote brave enough to keep on switching life careers. So it's never felt like a scary thing for me. Um, So I don't know. I just kind of learned to, to... Adapt, I guess. Good. All right. So what happens next? So what happens next? So my dad passes. Um, I get um, an apartment in Dunedin. Um, I move over to Dunedin and I start selling real estate. I do that for about 10 months. And who did you sign with? Um, I was with Remax. Remax, um, okay. And I was um, on a team. Um, This lady, this Greek lady that I knew that kind of believed in my Mm -hmm. capacity and ability to sell real estate well kind of uh, brought me under her wing. And um, I did that. And then, yeah, did that for about 10 months and really enjoyed it. Um, I took life easy. I was living on the water, selling real estate, trying to figure out what was next. And then um, I found this on the way home from dinner from my mom's in Safety Harbor, um, I found this vacant spot open in Dunedin on the way home on Main Street. And I was like, oh my gosh, I pulled over right away. I went in to figure out what was going on with the space. Um, It was actually being taken over um, by Dale's Coins. um, And he was buying that or leasing that little spot on the corner. Mm. Um, So I was kind of disappointed. And he's like, well, you seem really qualified. Do you want to do a business here together? I was like, oh, sure. I would love to. And so anyways, I went back and I was trying to figure out how I was going to present this business plan to him. And when I went to my father's attorney, business attorney, mm-hmm. to kind of present the plan, how I should structure it, he says, oh, no way. It's like, I would not let you go into any sort of partnership with anybody. If your dad was here, he would not let you either. So I'm going to be your dad in this moment and say no. I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, I, I need this partner yeah. to, to do this. And he's like, you figure it out yourself or I'm not helping you. Wow. Yeah. Which was an amazing gift. Yeah. I didn't think so at the time, but it was. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And somehow I found out two doors down that there was another space becoming available. And I negotiated the heck out of that deal to make it affordable to what I could afford. So I negotiated it. I closed on what was a gelato shop, and um, I closed it down for like three weeks mm-hmm. and remodeled it. <laughs> I had, I think, after my remodel, like $2,000 in the bank to pay for my apartment's rent and for the business rent the next month, but I knew that it was going to work out. Yeah. And so, yeah, I opened an Eden Coffee Company and never looked back. So, so right there on Broadway. Yes. I mean – I what was the, what were you paying in rent there? Gosh, I think the rent was 
right around three grand yeah. a month, a little Selling over. Selling coffee and pastries and things like that, right? Yes. I mean, that's a lot. It was a huge commitment. You know, I look back at that time and I think to myself, <laughs> I had this confidence that I don't know where it came from. I was just so certain of my business concept yeah. and I just had no fear. It was yeah. bizarre because I look back and I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, like this does not make sense, Elena. This is not wise. But um, I just felt it in every fiber of my being that this is what I was called to do. And um, I knew that we needed that type of coffee shop and bakery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just dove in and yeah. I put my whole heart all of my time, all of my resources into that, and uh, I had no partner. I, you know, I I Aren't listened to my attorney's advice. Oh, it was the <laughs> best decision ever! My God, um, yes, so so glad. And yeah, I ran that business for three years. Okay, until I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, so three years, and then you sold that. I did. Um, I sold that. And then I thought I was going to be done for with restaurants for a while, and the city approached me to. <laughs> they're like, "Well, we have this boxcar um, <laughs> on the trail that um, seems to have a hard time taking off. Would you be willing to put in a concept there?" And I was just like, "Oh no, I just want to rest. <laughs> can I just, can I just rest?" Um, and uh, yeah, I just you know um, thought about it. I thought that I couldn't pass on that because that was actually one of my former business concepts years ago that I approached the city on. Really? Of wanting to open that boxcar. And, they and picked, now they're approaching you. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. I didn't have a reputation at that time. Sure. So they picked somebody that did. Yeah. And, um, and so it was really interesting how it just all came full circle. Yeah. I felt like I had to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's when I opened Lane's Lemonade um, the, a few months after I sold the coffee shop. And, uh, yeah, it w that was fun. That was a fun business. So you ran that for how long then, Lane's Lemonade? A year and a half, almost two years. Okay, and then sold that. Yeah. Every time I open a business, I don't think I'm going to sell it. I think it's going to be, like, my lifelong. Yeah. Um, but then I get burned out because I am a perfectionist. I have a hard time leaving my businesses without having my hands on it all the time. Mm -hmm. So it exhausts me, and I've learned that about myself. So every time I think about opening up a business now, I say, Elena, is this really what you want? Because you have to be there all the time, and you don't walk away. So um, Was your dad like that? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, my mom was kind of more like the detail-oriented perfectionist type, um, but my dad was kind of a workaholic. Yeah. So it took that a little bit from, from each of them there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you sell Lane's Lemonade. What year was that? So I think that was 2020. Okay, so pandemic? Yes, it actually, <laughs> oh my gosh, that I had it during the pandemic. And um, I was very lucky. My concept was walk up. Yeah. We had... We had a line from our window to Main Street with like a Disneyland recording um, that was going over the loudspeaker from 11 o'clock in the morning to 7 or 8 at night when we closed to to be able to control all the people. Yeah. It was wild. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we did a tremendous business. And <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Thank you, pandemic. Um, yes, yes. We were one of the fortunate ones. I've noticed in in the concepts in the businesses that have come to fruition 
they all have really cool designs to them. I mean, from the signage to the menus to the whole look and feel of that. Where does that come from? Gosh, that's a huge compliment. So thank you for that. Um, it's an interesting, you know, question to me because I don't really know. It's like one of those things, um, just kind of like an artist that is, I guess, gifted with the ability to do art or a musician. I feel like I'm a creative um, and those aren't my outlets, art or or music, but I think my creative energy comes out in spaces. Um, and I feel like my mood is really affected um, hmm. in space. So like, I like a lot of light. Um, I like a lot of nature. I like feeling cozy in a space and somehow, some way, um, I'm able to kind of put m what's in my head and kind of make it a reality in a space. Yeah. And the same thing happens with my logos. I visualize it. I see it. I sketch it out. Mm. Um, so like I, my menus, the same thing. I, I kind of feel like I maybe have a gift for seeing something that's not there and being able to put it together somehow. Yeah. So, and that really helps me in what I do now because, you know, I do a lot of home renovations. I buy properties, um, I fix them and then I sell them and, you know, um, being able to come up with the finishes, um, is really helpful. And I just have an ease in doing that in a space, which kind of has helped me in the restaurant business and the real estate business as well. So I love your description on that of the creative side. Yeah. Because you have to have, I mean, if you're going to make money starting out, you got to be able to have your hands in everything, right? Yes. You can't hire it all out immediately. So right. I think you were dealt some unbelievable, given some unbelievable gifts, and then you've got some unbelievable talents naturally, and that merge together, I think that's that's your success, right? Definitely. So. <clears throat> um, so moving on now to real estate. Yes. And you started out with a different company than you're with now. I did. Okay. Um, I, I went back to Remax. Um, that's kind of who I started my real estate career with. And um, yeah, so the way I do real estate, I think, is just a little different than most. Um, while I was owning and operating my restaurants, I bought my dream house in Dunedin and had to completely renovate it. And through that process, I learned so much. Um, I had no idea that was going to turn into my first home that I sold for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to live there forever, and I designed it that way. And um, I was kind of offered a something that I could not refuse. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I thought to myself, wow, this is how you make money. Yep. Um, not necessarily <laughs> selling ice cream cones and coffees, but real estate <laughs> is definitely where it's at. Now, I don't want to take anything away from the start of my restaurant career because that really kind of gave me the yeast to be able to do this. Sure. Like you can't, didn't have the financial ability to invest in real estate before, but my restaurants um, gave me that financial start. So I will forever be grateful for them and what they gave to me. But um, I did quickly learn that real estate is is how you really make a dollar. And I loved it. I loved um, seeing the potential in a property that most people couldn't. Um, and that's kind of where we get into the spaces again. Like mm -hmm. I could just visualize something um, that 
most people would not want to dive into. So that was my first house. And then, so while I had the restaurants, I was buying houses and renovating them and selling them. And so then when I started actually working for a brokerage, um, again, I was invested in continuing to buy properties and renovate them and sell them. So I wasn't spending a ton of time in the office and representing clients because I had my own projects that were going on. Nice. So I would just get referrals from friends and family um, for people that were looking for real estate. And so I kind of juggled in this past year commercial deals, residential deal uh, deals for people that I kn knew, referrals um, that mm -hmm. people sent my way. And I was also in the background of doing some massive projects. Mm. So I didn't really feel like I needed that kind of office space because I was never in the office. Yeah. So um, I shift uh, shifted brokerages. And, um, you know, now I am still um, kind of exploring the same model, mm. um, working on residential deals, commercial deals when they come around, mm -hmm. and always have my eye out for the next project. Yeah. So I feel like that's a really good fit for you from all that you've described in the past 30 minutes or whatever since we've been talking. You know, it's you can constantly stay fresh. It's something yes. that you can do, you know, you can maintain if you wanted to for years. A hundred percent. And that is interesting that you kind of uh, – we're able to pick that out because I feel like, okay, a new project mm -hmm. um, keeps it fresh for me. Right. I'm able to be creative in those projects. Um, and also I get to help clients. Mm -hmm. So I get that people contact right. when I'm selling a house or a business. Um, so it's really the perfect mix right now. It's not for everyone. Believe me. Yeah. You have no idea how much you're making in a year. You have no idea when and if the right opportunity for a project is going to arise. You have to be really quick about it when mm -hmm. it does, you know, does come up. Um, a lot of people can't make big decisions that fast for some reason. I'm very comfortable uh, moving forward when I know there's opportunity in a property. Um, so yeah, I really love it. It's um, it's the perfect fit for for yeah. me right now. Yeah, definitely. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. What would you tell your 16 year old self? Gosh, it's such oh, that's a, that's a very good question. <laughs> Honestly, like I. I'm so happy with all the decisions I've made. And I would tell that 16-year-old self, maybe just watch your heart a little bit more, mm. um, not give it away so easily. Um, but other than that, man, I would – I really – would say just do everything you did, you know, and and um, I had a like a fire and a passion from a real little kid, so um, I feel like, yeah, I was I've just been able to to kind of follow my heart from a very young age. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you absolutely most proud of? Gosh, most proud of, um, like, was there one deal or mm. anything? Yeah. Um, I'm most proud of the financial freedom hmm. that I've been able to provide for myself. Yeah. Um, I never understood what that was, and um, my days are what I want them to be. And um, there's n there's no you can't assign a value to that. So um, I my coffee shop has a very very sentimental special place in my heart mm. because that's kind of where it all started. Um, and yeah, just overall, though, I think financial freedom is something that I value the most. Yeah. And once you have it, 
it's hard going back to anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of the 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 examples and the conversations and just watching your dad um, as he navigated business and then his passing, um, I'm sure there's a little bit of like, oh, you know, if he could see me now kind of thing. Um, don't want to get too, too weepy or yeah, no. <laughs> personal, but I can just imagine, you know, that those, those feelings for you, do you, are you comfortable talking about that? Oh, for sure. I can't tell you how many times, um, you know, I've thought that exact thought, like, I wish my dad could see me now. Like, um, what would he think? You know, um, all of that. And I'm so grateful, you know, I have my mom around and she's been a huge supporter of everything that I've done. So having her see it all play out is, is a huge gift in itself. And I do not take it for granted, not one day. Um, but yeah, my dad, um, I wish he was here to see a lot of it, but he left me with a lot of good things. So I always go back to that. Absolutely. So you were here for one of our uh, group mediumship readings with Sam Bellier and Sam kind of tuned into you right at the beginning and felt um, this energy that was coming forward for you. Do you are you comfortable talking about that experience? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, that was wild. Um, so I came to the, the experience kind of not really knowing what to expect. Um, but I was excited about it and thought that it'd be a long shot if, you know, <laughs> somebody that I wanted to come forward would come forward. You know, I was hoping either my dad or my grandmother, um, that I was very close to would have kind of presented themselves. But again, I'm like, you know, I never win scratch offs. Um, I'm not really lucky that way. So I don't know if this is really going to happen for me tonight. So it, it kind of took me by surprise and I was super excited when Sam walked over to me. Um, and the first thing out of his mouth um, was shocking, actually. He just kind of described, um, do I know of someone that has stomach issues? And that was like a huge part of my dad's life was dealing with the stress ulcers and the stomach issues um, almost on a daily basis. So that kind of caught my attention. I was yeah. like, whoa, okay, this isn't uh, a joke here. I think somehow, some way my dad's coming through and I am all ears. So it was, it was really neat. Yeah. That was, that was an amazing experience. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things Sam has taught me is, you know, our loved ones, they're not, may not be physically here with us, but we can still reach out and still, you know, chat with them. And they're, they're still, I don't understand it. We talked about that before yes. the podcast. We don't understand it. But it's so comforting in the way that he he talks about it and describes that. And I've seen so many people just receive such gifts and, you know, healing and watching you go through that was just unbelievable. So Yes, um, that really opened up my mind to thinking about the dead as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, we have this switch. We're like, okay, someone has died and they're gone forever. But that made me understand, okay, they're actually around us all yeah. the time and we should acknowledge them yeah. in everything we do, you know, and um, my dad coming forth and telling me how much he loved, like, it's another thing Sam said, he's like, you know, 
I don't even have to explain this to you. Your dad's love was so much that you just, you know, already. And I talk about my dad's love all the time, that it was just so present and so um, abundant. Um, and hearing those words was just like another confirmation. It's yeah. like, whoa, like this is wild. Yeah. Um, that he's proud of me, um, that my dad's at peace. Like all of those things give me such comfort. So I don't know how to put it into words. Um, yeah. I have a really strong faith. I know um, there's life after death and how all that fits together. I really can't even <laughs> put my mind around it truly. Right. Um, but I don't like to put boundaries on those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, that's. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. No boundaries. We don't know. So, you know, let's be open to it. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun experience. I will remember that always. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, I think that's, we've covered about, um, I guess, m- most everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I, I know I want to um, make it easy for people to reach out to you uh, for your business. Sure. So what is the best way? Um, the best way would be email, um, okay. or, you know, giving me a call, yeah, okay. um, or text. Okay. Um, so I would, what's your email uh, is young captain enterprises at gmail.com young captain enterprises at gmail.com. If you need anything real estate or a good eye for design. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I love real estate so much and I try to pay pay it forward. There was a lot of people in my life that took time with me and they taught me things about business and real estate um, because I was willing to listen and learn. Mm. So, you know, I would love to help anybody if they have a question about investment properties or, you know, flipping houses or how to start a coffee shop. Um, you know, <laughs> I I love, I love to help people think through that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if I could pay it forward in any way, if anybody has any questions or just wants to reach out, um, I'd be happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was definitely a treat. All right, y'all. Peace in, peace out. Peace out.